Hello, and welcome to the Jill Cruz podcast. This is Jill Cruz. And today I had the honor and the pleasure to speak with my friend, Samra Kazmi. Samra is a very successful woman. She is coming from the financial world, technology world, and also being a founder herself now, kind of stepping away from working for other people and working for herself. Her background, as I mentioned, financial and technology. So she's actually what is called a fintech founder. For those of you that don't know that term, that's the, I, I guess, the intersection of financial and technology. And she is an award-winning risk executive. She's also a keynote speaker and an influencer and a startup advisor. So she's got a lot of wonderfulness and greatness going on. And I've been really wanting to talk a lot more about the intersection of women leaders and uh, how that affects our lives, right? That, that intersection between our personal lives, our happiness and our health with our careers, right? Our success and how we show up in, in the professional world. So she talked to me about her experiences and, and being in what she called a high testosterone environment. <laughs> and if you look at her LinkedIn, there's a picture of her on a panel. She's the only woman on the panel. So Sandra's killing it and she is changing the world. And also another thing we talked about is, I've noticed this about Sandra too, for me, is that she is very excited and interested in helping out other women. So she mentors other women and she's just kind, you know, and she has helped me uh, and given me advice. So, you know, after being in that male dominated world for so long, she has realized that we as women, we have to support each other. And she is a trend hunter, which I love that term, a trend hunter. So always being coming from that background of that of that world, you have to constantly be thinking about how to get ahead of change, right? Of disruption. And you are going to get so much out of this episode. I'm super excited that I had the honor to speak with Sandra here on the podcast. Enjoy. Hello, Samra. Welcome to the podcast, and thank you so much for being here today. Uh, it's great to be here. I'm so excited to talk to you and your audience. Um, just uh, loving all the past episodes. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So you are, by all accounts, a very successful woman, and you're in this, you know, you come back from this background of financial and technology, which is a very male-dominated uh, I think, as you mentioned, a testosterone-driven world. So a lot of stuff comes with that. That's fascinating in and of itself, like what that whole world is like. So maybe we can talk about that. But I wanted to start off with just the idea of what it's like to be in that environment that, as you mentioned earlier, there's a lot of pressure to perform. Tell us a little bit about that. What does that mean? Like, is it, is it, are you compromising yourself in that process? And, and what, you know, share any experiences that you've had with that? Yeah, you know, it's uh, strange that, and maybe this is just a woman thing, but I do believe it happens to, to a lot of people because we are in some form of rat race or comparison economy where, you know, we want to, we want to perform in a certain way. We're expected to perform in a certain way. We're expected to follow a certain path. And we, we just keep on doing it uh, and keep on, you know, sort of going down either whatever it is, going up the corporate ladder or going down a certain path at the detriment 
of our own ambitions, our own aspirations. Sometimes we don't even question what who we are meant to be, or we may ha- we may know, but we also sometimes are apologetic and say, "Well, I'm interested in doing." X, Y, Z, but actually this is where the money is, or this is what a society is expecting me to do, or this is what all my friends are expecting me to do, or this is what all my peers have been doing. And horrible would it look that uh, if I just quit and started doing something and pivoted to something completely different, not only would it appear to be a personal failure, but it would also cause a lot of judgment from the environment in which I operate. So I think that is really, really important to reflect upon. Sadly, for a very long time, I was doing something like that. Um, I wouldn't say a long time, but like long enough of a time for myself where I did put my aspirations and my ambitions on the back burner, just either Mm -hmm. to, you know, fit the mold or basically even to do favors to friends and, uh, and managers and other people just to help them succeed and help them uh, sort of fulfill their ambitions while putting myself sort of on the back burner. And, and not to say that, you know, I wasn't a high performer. I've been in these high pressure environments. I've always been at the cutting edge of financial services and technology. I've won awards. I've, you know, I've been a globally ranked thought leader and influencer. I'm a keynote speaker. I come up with like the most cutting edge ideas. But the fact of the matter is that even while all of that was going on, all those successes were going on, I wasn't really true to myself. And that is something Mm -hmm. that happens, I think, quite a lot, especially a lot with women, because they don't want to see it to be seen as quitters. They don't want to be seen as failures. They don't want to be seen as weak. And I think that's a very big thing to acknowledge at some point. Yeah. Do you think that I have so many things that I could say about that, like questions for you, but like the first thing that's coming to mind is you might not have the answer to this, but since you worked in the male world, maybe you do like, how do men and women differ in this way? Like, um, is it, is it that we're more people pleasing? There have to be lots of men in the industry who might feel like, oh, this isn't my true calling, my true purpose, but I'm doing it for the money or whatever. What are your thoughts on that, like women versus men around this topic? You know, it's kind of difficult. I think um, it's also very individual driven. But I, I feel like there's been tons of tons of research out out there, you know, especially I was recently or I wouldn't say recently, a few years ago, there was this piece of research where, you know, it was kind of around confidence. Uh, you know, if there was a job description and a woman did not check all 10 of the requirements, she would not apply. While right. if it were a man and they only checked three of those boxes, they would be very confident and they would go ahead and apply. So I think one of it is just this this level of confidence, uh, I'd say. The other aspect of, I would even say, like a lack of audacity. You know, there was this time where I was like, I'm not worthy of this or that. But at this point, that's not the case. You know, I know my own 
capabilities and I know what my worth is. But that is the other thing, like women may not fully understand their worth. Also, you know, women just in general, you you are correct, like a lot of women are into people pleasing or they just uh, they just get the job done. So they're like, okay, if something's thrown my way, let me just go ahead and do it. Versus, uh, you know, like men would, if additional responsibility is thrown at them, they would probably ask for a raise or, you know, some kind of other compensation for that. So I think there, there are a number of factors there that are just there that we as women sometimes don't take into consideration. Yeah, yeah. I feel sad, you know, when I hear about your experience. And I know there are so many women who who have had a similar type of experience where you're in this environment, this kind of almost perhaps cutthroat type environment. I know my husband worked in finance for a long time, so <laughs> it can be pretty hardcore. So, you know, being in that environment and you know, deep inside, maybe you had this other passion or desire. We we haven't talked about that, but I want to talk about what that is. But feeling like maybe you're not doing the right thing, but going in every work, doing your best, performing at a high level and doing things for other people, like doing favors for other people, that just really, it feels poignant, you know, to me to hear that. Like, I, I don't know, I just wanted to express that. Maybe you didn't feel bad for yourself at the time, but it the way I'm hearing it is like, that's messed up, you know, that is really messed up. But um, you also talked about how, you know, doing these things for yourself and not wanting to feel like a failure for yourself, but also for other people, for family members, social, you know, your peers and all of that. That's pretty intense. So where's it coming from, that pressure? I think it's coming from society, right? Mm -hmm. So, and I think it's coming from the corporate culture that we are part of. I wouldn't necessarily say that it was a sad experience. I think it was great. Like at this point, I know my own capabilities. Like I said, I've always performed at a high level and continue to do so. But also I've always been thrown into situations that are new and unknown. And I've had to figure things out on my own. And kind of that's a whole other, you know, been through this leadership and entrepreneurial, even entrepreneurial throughout my my career. And that has in itself been a huge learning experience. It's been a huge personal right. and professional development experience in a very positive way. I think right. the only other aspect is while in my early career, I really didn't have, uh, and this was like early 90s on Wall Street, there weren't that many female role models or mentors uh, who could actually guide me to like, you know, where the boundaries should be and uh, where putting myself first versus, you know, the demands of a career or an unreasonable manager should be. So I think Mm -hmm. that that's one thing that I feel I don't take it necessarily as a negative because I feel like Mm -hmm. I had to go through that process to understand what I'm capable of and to understand, you know, what my passions are, which I'm still discovering, I guess. But that's the, the that's the point. I feel like had I had the the level of mentorship, which is 
available now to Mm -hmm. the younger women. And I really make it a point to be supportive, to, you know, make myself available. Even if a random person reaches out to me on LinkedIn, I am actually there for them. Just going through that process was helpful and a good positive learning journey. Yeah, that's how I would put it. Yeah, it's it's the growth mindset versus the um, I forget what the opposite fixed. of that is. The fixed Fix. mindset, right? You know, like you know, someone could listen and go, "Oh man, Samra, that was rough." Like I feel for you, you know. And then, but you're like, "No, actually, I learned so much from that, and and it's made me who I am today." And it's actually a lot of that hard work has given me that extra confidence. So I love I love the way you think. I think exactly like that too. Perfect. And it, but it's also I think important to acknowledge that like that's really messed up and there are so many women who have gone through this and not all of them have kind of come out on the other side. And we also talked about earlier before we started recording about how this compromising yourself and who you are. I think that was, was the, the word that you use, you know, you, not being yourself can negatively affect your health. So did you experience that or do you just feel like you just know that's an issue? I mean, I feel like, uh, you know, it's unhealthy. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to say it's like, it can certainly, you know, physically affect you, but also it's just an unhealthy mindset to be in. It's an unhealthy um, situation to be in or an unhealthy physical environment to be in. If you're not impassioned to be there every day. And sometimes that's not, you know, you don't necessarily have to have passion every day at work because, you know, all jobs require some really cool, cool tasks and others are just very mundane. So within the same job. So you don't necessarily have to be passionate every day, but you have to have that level of enthusiasm, you know, a a general level of enthusiasm on an ongoing basis, because if not, then I just don't think that you can also perform at a high level in other aspects. If you've got this you know, a negative force at the back of your head about some aspect of your life, including your your job, because for a while, or early part of my career, and I, I feel like that is very true with people in, in general, I'm not men or women, but like our identities are very much tied with what we do. Uh, sometimes it's even worse. They are tied very much with who we work for the companies we work at. So if you're not happy about what you're doing, where you're doing, your identity feels that hit. So I I feel that it is just unhealthy not to have that certain level of enthusiasm and vigor just going into into whatever it is that you're doing. Yeah. And and I think you, you mentioned something there about how if you want to perform at a very high level, you kind of need that. Now, obviously, you didn't do that for a long time and you were still performing at a high level, but you were probably in your 20s then, right? (laughs) Like, you know, as you get older and also as you get older, you kind of learn more and more of who you are and what you want in life and what's important to you. So in your 20s, I think it's a lot easier to sort of push that aside and be be quiet. Uh, You know, we'll deal with you later. (laughs) But, you know, as you get older, it's like, whoa, you know, I deserve this and I'm 
you know, I want this and, and this is who I am. And so that grows and grows. So it becomes, I think, more relevant to your health. And subsequently, that health becomes more and more important to maintain if you want to function at that high level. Like when you're 50 and you're 55 and 60, you got to be buttoned up, you know, you got to be eating well and sleeping well and managing your stress and, and living your passion. Otherwise, something is going to give. I mean, this is coming from the, you know, I know you're not a health professional, so, but I'm going to add my expertise here to say that, like, I call it the machine, you know, our bodies are the machine. And like, if you don't take care of the machine, it's go, it's not going to take care of you. And so if you still want to perform, like you're finally living your passion, you're finally right. know who you are and what you want. And now you're not going to take care of the machine that's going to help you do that. No, you can't, you know, it's gotta be, I think it's all kind of like we talked about before we started recording, it's all intertwined. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, you bring that point up about like being in your 20s versus being older enough to like just be more discerning. So I mean, the the thing that I would add is, you know, when you're getting into the workforce for the first time, like getting your first real job out of college, all those things, you're kind of still exploring. You're you also don't know what to expect. So I think at that point, there are certain things that are acceptable. Because back then, I didn't really know exactly what I wanted. And I had to go through a bunch of different experiences. And, and by the way, like my career has not been linear. It's not been, you know, while there is a through line of financial services and innovation, I've not been one of those fortunate people who's done the same exact thing for 30 years. And there are people like that in, in financial services, even though it's a, it's kind of an unstable industry. But I always encourage people who are just getting into the workforce to explore, to experiment, to do different things, to figure out what, what they want. Because if you go into it, just like we were talking about Carol Dweck and the, you know, fixed mindset, if you go into a situation thinking this is what I want and that's all I'm going to do. You are obviously in a fixed mindset and you're not never going to find something else that might be better or will give you joy. So it's, I think, more important to be open-minded during the, the early part of your career. And then as you settle into professional life. I won't say settle into a career because right now, you know, people are sort of the average lifespan of one iteration of a career is uh, sort of three years. Um, there was some research out wow. there. So, you know, within a career, you're iterating and, 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 and pivoting. What I would say is once you've settled into professional life, you realize okay, you know, these things are what I want to focus on, but these are the other five things that I've just got to do to like maybe pay the rent or, you know, whatever it is or get to the next level. You've got to take the good with the not so good. I'm not going to call it bad because I, I don't think that's what it is, but maybe just taking the good with the not so good and, and mm -hmm. then going on from there. Also, eventually, you know, if you reach that level of maturity where you can disentangle yourself from your work identity and from your employer and just be your own person, I think that's like one of the best places to be where you understand 
what it is that you want and how maybe can you actually coexist in in both environments you know be yourself but also serve whatever position you're in professionally um so i think that's that's another area and then of course once you get to that level you depending on whatever it is whether it's cerebral work or whether it's physical work you've got to have that physical and mental capacity to fuel that work so exactly you know i completely agree with you that you've got to take care of the machine yeah and and it's also one thing that i think is not as well appreciated a lot of times when we talk about productivity and all of that is creativity and when you're in that stress state, your brain just doesn't have that creative capacity. So it's multifaceted, you know, how your health, your, how you care for your body affects your what you're doing. And I love what you said about be your own person and, and disentangle your identity from, from your work, from your company. That's very, very powerful. I think it's great advice for all of us. <laughs> entrepreneurs, corporate people, you know, whatever you're doing, even if you're an artist, even if you're an artist, I think it's still important to do that. So I want to, we're going to wrap it up soon, but I want to hear about what you're doing now. So we have this picture of Samra in the corporate environment, you know, just killing it, but something's missing. So what are, I know you said you're still figuring things out, but what are you doing now? And, and is it exciting and fun for you? Yeah, I mean, I would first of all say about myself is I'm constantly figuring it out because backstory for me is, you know, I've gone through multiple, multiple layoffs in my career. Mostly those were kind of predetermined and nothing to do with me. But the the fact of the matter is I've always had to, in, in the beginning, it was kind of just sort of unsettling. But eventually I figured out, you know, I can just get ahead of all this disruption that's caused in on Wall Street or corporate America, mostly driven by the economy or, you know, the disruption caused by innovation. So which is why, like, I'm constantly figuring out what the next best thing is or what, you know, where I should go next. So one thing I would say is like figuring out is the next innovation like you you should constantly try to to understand what's happening next how is it going to disrupt you and how you can get ahead of that disruption after 25-ish or more years on Wall Street and then five years in tech and then co-founding FinTech Startup myself. Now I am in a place where I actually advise a lot of startups. I also help non-US startups launch in the US. Mm. So I've been working with a number of European startups here. And I'm also an advisor to multiple non-U.S. startups and U.S. startups here. The other thing that I do quite a bit is thought leadership. And that is one of the things that is really my passion, my secret sauce, which is finding, not just figuring it out, but always identifying new trends, coming up with all the uh, identifying angles within those trends and connecting the dots at a macro level, which Mm -hmm. a lot of people may have missed. So, you know, I, I do a lot of different things, which is why having that mental capacity is really, really important. You know, one of the biggest things that I do is really keynoting, so keynote speaking at some of the very 
premier industry events, bringing in my take on the future. So the, for instance, the future of work, the future, I'm, I'm just keynoting uh, next week on something uh, on the future of fintech and so on and so forth. So, you know, really understanding just because I'm a, a tri- trend hunter, trend identifier, I feel like there's, and, and people recognize me for that. So that's just one thing that I, I love doing and I like that I've been doing now for for quite some years, but uh, but uh, more so picked it up uh, recently. Wow, that's amazing! I love it. It sounds very dynamic and creative, and I love how you're talking about. You know, it's very aligned with being a trend hunter. I like that term. I'm a trend hunter. I don't know if this has ha- you know contributed to that part of you, but just always being in that sort of uncertainty throughout your career, right? Where you kind of had to be ahead of the game. Like I, and it's funny, my, you know, my husband, Mike, and and he, when uh, in 2007, he was working for Goldman Sachs and he kept saying to me, he was like, something big is coming. Yeah. Something big is coming. And, 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 you know, he was like, he suspected that his job was probably, you know, at risk and all of that. Um, So I think, you know, when you're in that field, you kind of learn that, it's it's kind of a crazy world, but now this is that that resilience that you kind of built up has is now you're a trend hunter. That's yeah. what you do. I love that. That's so cool. And connecting the dots too, I think, is really. It sounds like fun. <laughs> exactly, and I feel like uh, you know just just developing it's resilience is a muscle, but also d- developing that skill of like identifying these trends and getting ahead mm-hmm. of them has kind of taken away the uncertainty. I can't predict, obviously I don't have a crystal ball or anything like that where I can say exactly this is going to happen, but can I can discern enough to say, yes, certain things are going to be at risk, you know? And mm-hmm. now how do I prepare for it? How does the world prepare for it? And so on and so forth. So, uh, or the organization I work with prepare for it. So actually, that's part of and and a lot of what I did on Wall Street during the later part of my career. And even now, I advise startups on risk management and risk mitigation. Right. And that's really I do that on a personal level. I do that on a corporate level. I do that on a macro level. I am actually right now advising a number of cities on innovation. So that's uh, really working on all of these things is mm-hmm. um, uh, just identifying these future trends, just a uh, takes away a very large element of the uncertainty. Uncertainty is like literally the constant, but uh, especially, you know, in in today's environment, but obviously it just uh, removes a a lot of it, uh, a, a big element of it, and takes away a lot of anxiety, even on a corporate level. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. You are a rock star. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I mean, I don't necessarily think my think of myself as that, but thank you so much. (laughs) Well, I think it's, you know, the pattern of, okay, I get into this career and I'm going to be a high performer no matter what, doing things for, for other people, kind of compromising yourself. Like those are, those can be um, difficult sort of traits to deal with, but they also, you know, you're humble, right? So you're humble, which is pretty awesome too. So, you know, there's, there's the good and the bad side to that, or not necessarily, like you said, bad, but you know, things that you have to remember about yourself, because I will invite you to just for a moment, just be like, yeah, I'm 
I'm pretty badass, you know? <laughs> like, I hope you do that every day a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I'm a corporate rebel and a badass, you know? definitely. I, I call myself that, definitely. Awesome. It, it, it is, it is, it is important, I think, to, to acknowledge, uh, you know, the yes. parts of myself. Appreciate. Yeah, appreciate. Yes. Uh, yeah, and appreciate it. And like, I like the little like, you know, the pat on the back, you know, sometimes <laughs> I have to tell my clients that I'm like, did you remember to pat yourself on the back for that? You know, like <laughs> sometimes we forget to do that. And it's, it's great because it's that drive of like, oh, it's, it's not enough. I have to keep doing more and, and moving forward and, you know, being successful. But then there's also like, and this is relating, I think, to health really, right? Yeah. Of just taking that pause and just saying, whoa, okay, I'm just going to take some time to sit with myself and appreciate myself. And not even for the accomplishments, you know, some of it's that and some of it's just, hey, I'm here, I'm, I'm me, you know, yeah. so um, that is really good for your body and it's really good for your brain. So, yeah, I think one of the things I've, I've learned, you know, to be a high performer and you, actually I should not even say that because just to be even moderately productive. I don't think, you know, we should have the, the pressure to be a high performer, but to be even like moderately productive, it is important to reflect back on your wins, on your accomplishments, because if you're just, you know, constantly moving forward, you're not going to appreciate your own abilities within the chaos of your mind. So I think that's really important. Yeah. And also, like you said, disentangling that identity, like, okay, yes, I'm a successful X, Y, and Z, but I'm still me here. Like, I'm still yeah. the same little girl that I was when I was 18, you know, and starting off in college or whatever. Like, because I think, like you said, you know, if you, if you get too caught up in that identity of being a high performer, a high, you know, successful person, and then something negative happens, like you get laid off or something, right? Or your company doesn't do as well as you wanted it to. Now, who are you? Oh, well, now you're not worthy, right? So we have to disentangle that. Um, I love that word. And be confident in who we are, regardless of what's going on in the exterior, in our life in the exterior world. Right. And, and that's one of the reasons why I chose actually to quit corporate and do things on my own mm -hmm. because I was confident that no corporate identity can trump my own identity. You know, that yes. is who I am, what I bring to the table and whether I become an employee again or I remain an entrepreneur doesn't really matter because I am who I am and it is not due to an association. Right. With yeah. any entity. So, yeah. 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 That's the part of you that's the real badass. <laughs> uh, whatever word we want to use, superwoman, <laughs> brilliance, being, you know, whatever, whatever feels good. So this has been great, Summer. I really appreciate your time and your, your incredible wisdom. I, I think this conversation will be very inspiring for a lot of women. And I do want to say that you are, you are a giving person. Like you have gotten on calls with me and given me advice. And, you know, so I, I really appreciate that. And I know that about you and it, it's, it's absolutely beautiful. And, and now you can do it when you want to, when you right. choose to, right? Not <laughs> because you feel like you have to. <laughs> right. Absolutely. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks a lot. 
Well, I'm sure you would agree that that was an amazing episode and I'm pretty sure you got a lot out of it. I know I did. You can learn more about Samra by visiting her website, which is samracosme.com. And and you'll see that in the show notes, S-A-M-R-A-H, Samra Kazmi, K-A-Z-M-I. And so you can learn about her there or you can visit her LinkedIn profile. That'll be in the show notes as well. Samra is a fintech founder. She's an award-winning risk executive and she's an influencer. She's a futurist a keynote speaker, and she advises startups, uh, just a lot of really amazing stuff and talking about that intersection between sustainability and risk, wonderful contributions that Summer's making to the financial and technology world and helping women uh, lift up other women, which I, I am hugely interested in myself. And so that leads me to say that Check out our website. It's winweightloss.com. That's W-Y-N weightloss.com. And win stands for with your nature. So we work with women who are in their 40s and 50s and 60s who are saying, you know what? I want this to be easier. I want this to be better. I am tired of struggling with my health. I am tired of neglecting my body and I need help. And so that's what we do. I have tons of blog posts. I have this podcast. We have a free community that you can join uh, online uh, for, you know, um, discussion boards and and we do lunch and learns and and all sorts of things like that challenges. Uh, So you can join us there and hang out with other women who are like, no, I'm not going to settle. I'm going to go for it in life. And I, whether it's, you know, you want to lose weight, you want to balance your hormones, you want to just achieve a high level of health, no matter what, whether you want to lose weight or not, we're here to help. So, and it's not just nutrition. We are a group of highly skilled nutritionists. And we also basically are with you on your journey. We coach you through that. We're here to support you. We believe in you because using your, your body is a tool. It is a machine. And that is how we interface with the world, right? This is how we do amazing things like what Samra is doing. You have to be in top health for you, right? And of course, you don't want to compare yourself to other people. But what does that mean for you? If that means uh, having more energy, sleeping better, eating better so that you don't have blood sugar craziness, um, losing belly fat, losing weight, you know, whatever it is that, that is going to make you feel like you're functioning at your best, that's where we help you from a health perspective, right? So it's mindset, but it's also, if you're not sleeping well and you're not having the right thoughts and you are completely stressed out and you're not fueling your body properly and you're not moving, then then you are not going to be able to be at your absolute best. And you have to define what that means for you and take it to the next level. Take it to the next level. That's what we're here to help you do. So check out the website. It'll be in the show notes. Check out our community page. It'll be there as well. Come and hang out with us because we believe we, we are all about women empowerment, lifting each other up, supporting each other, and all of us striving to be our best without all the judgment and the self-sabotage. Like, let's get rid of all of that and enjoy the ride. Join us.